Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. In this video, I'm going to share with you how to pray. Now, many people pray every day, and sometimes people feel discouraged because they feel that their prayers are not being answered. So in this video, I'm not going to just talk about how to pray, but I'm going to talk about how to pray in a way that your prayers will be answered. I have had countless thousands of prayers answered over the course of my lifetime. And the only reason I mention that is because I want you to have countless thousands of your prayers answered and I know that you can. God loves each of us like his own child. And in fact, God's love for us is so deep and so great that it feels like you're the only child. <laughs> Not only does God love you extremely personally, but so fully and so completely that you would think there's no way that God could love any other child. You are just that delightful to God. And that's the truth. And you will know this truth when you learn how to pray. So let's get started. It's often helpful when learning something new to find out what it's not. So let's start with what effective prayer is not. Well, it's not a wish list or a menu where you can place your order for your desires and your wants with God. So not Santa Claus. That's the bad news. The good news is God's real and Santa Claus is the wish of our hearts. So what else is effective prayer not? Well, it's not mindless repetition of words that we've memorized. Now that doesn't mean that some of the most beautiful prayers that have been written throughout the ages are not effective. Not at all. It just means that when you use those prayers that have been written by someone else and memorized by you or read by you, you need to really, really feel them in your soul. And when you really feel them in your soul and they speak like you're speaking, from your soul. In other words, if those words are so meaningful to you that they feel like you could have written them, and that is the feeling signature with which you offer them to God, then yes, of course, those prayers are effective. Another thing that prayer, effective prayer, is not, is it's not even mindful repetition. The reason I say that, mindfulness is wonderful, but mindfulness is human, and it comes from the, the mind, okay? That's the name of it, mindful, right? Full of mind. And effective prayer is full of soul, 
That's a very different experience. Mindfulness and mindful prayer is a wonderful and useful tool for preparing the soul for prayer, for effective prayer. Because what mindfulness can do and things like yoga and breath work and chanting, and those are even singing, those kinds of things, what they can do is they can quiet the mind, quiet the mind, so that now we're in the soul. And that's where we want to begin for effective prayer. Quiet the mind, come into the soul. Now there are many, many ways to pray. And I'm going to cover quite a few of them in this video. But there's no way anyone can cover them all. Because prayer, effective prayer, is genuinely about a relationship that you personally develop soul to soul with God. So it's going to be as unique as you are in remembering that God is like a parent to us, the biggest secret to effective prayer is to go to God like a little child would go to the most loving parent, not to the angry parent, not to the judgmental parent, not to the scary parent, not to the negligent parent, not to the absent parent, not to the careless parent, not to the haughty parent or arrogant parent. None of that is anything like God. God is fun and funny and loving and kind and wise and merciful and compassionate and every good and perfect quality that you can possibly imagine based on your human experience on steroids times a gazillion? I don't know. So one of the things that we have learned uh, from Jesus in the Bible, and it's reiterated many, many, many times in the messages, it takes faith to pray effectively. Okay, that could be a stumbling block, right? What if I don't have any faith? If I have to have faith to pray, or pray effectively, how do I get faith? We have to pray for it. Well, that's a catch-22 thing. Kind of. Not exactly. Compared to God, we're babies, right? Maybe not even that. I don't know. Embryos? I'm not sure. We're really tiny compared to God. So he's so gentle. He doesn't expect us to start out running or maybe not even to start out crawling, okay? He just expects us to try with whatever we have, whatever we have inside. Just bring it to God. This is what I mean when I talk about coming to God like a little child. So if you are a person who feels like you don't have the gift of faith, well, 
you can get it. So you go to God, and the first thing that you might say is, God, I understand that I need faith, and I don't have any. Would you please help? And it can be that simple. Now, I want to share a little personal story with you. Uh, I had faith. I, I was very fortunate um, to receive the gift of faith at a very young age. I had a little bit of faith at about age six based on a trust that I had in my parents and my ability to observe my parents and, and witness they had real faith. You know, a child can discern falsehood and truth. Even if they don't know it mentally, they feel it in their tummies, right? We have an innate God-given gift of being able to sense these things. And at age six or so, I believed in God and prayer because I was taught to by my parents and really I just believed in my parents. But I can actually remember laying in bed, saying my prayers to Jesus and Mary and Joseph because my family was very fond of the Holy Family and thinking, well, I guess the Holy Family makes sense. I'm not really sure, but I can remember wondering, is this real? Is God real? Is God really going to answer my prayers? And I really didn't know. So I thought, huh, I don't know. But I like the sound of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. <laughs> I like the sound of it. I liked the idea. And then when I was about 10 or 11, we had some real drama and actually trauma in my family of origin that was extremely painful for me. And I was deeply, deeply afraid for a family member. I was so afraid for the well-being of this family member that I locked myself into prayer and I said, God, as long as my hands are clenched, don't let anything bad happen to this loved one, please. And I stayed that way with my whole poor whole body just sort of locked in kind of terror, really. I, I didn't have faith, but I just had a desperate need. And I stayed that way until I felt a presence, a loving presence, come and sit beside me on the bed. That was my first answered prayer that I was fully aware of. Ask for faith. And what I'm telling you from my experience over decades at this point is that a little at a time, your faith will grow as your relationship with God develops through prayer and your prayers become answered. That's how your faith is going to grow. There are different schools of thought. Some say you should not test God. Quite a few years ago, 15, 20 years ago, something like that, I I was really wanting to deepen my faith and I was studying a, a spiritual teacher who said, oh, go ahead and test God. Go ahead. Um, because God really loves you and wants to show you that God is real and that your prayers can be answered. So go ahead. So I thought, well, 
that makes sense to me. I had quite a bit of faith at that point, but I still really wanted to deepen it. And I had never tested God because I was kind of at the school that you don't test God. <laughs> so the idea that I could test God was, I don't know, it was kind of exciting, I guess. Um, maybe a little bit scary, but I wanted to deepen my relationship with God. And I thought, well, I guess this is one way to find out. Let's try it, see what happens. So I devised what test. It wasn't important to anyone or anything but me. But it was some little tiny thing I wanted. And I also thought that it was pretty close to impossible. If not impossible, it was going to be way outside the realm of coincidence. So at the time, I had been volunteering on a political campaign and it was a presidential campaign and this is quite a few years ago. And there was a campaign button that I really especially liked. It was my favorite campaign button and it was extremely rare. In fact, all the campaign buttons were rare by that point in time. You couldn't find a new one anywhere. And this one button, it was the only one of which I was aware. It was not replaceable as far as I knew, and I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> and I, I was sure it was gone too. It's like there was no way it could be found. I don't remember because it's been too many years, but somehow I knew it was just gone. So I said, okay, God, I want that campaign button. Not just any campaign button, but that one. Now by that one, I meant the design, right? So anyway, and I gave a time limit because the spiritual teacher that I was reading at the time said, give a time limit, make it short, you know? So I thought, okay, well, I don't know what's reasonable, three days a week, I don't know. And I can't remember what I picked. I don't remember whether I picked three days or a week. But I said, God, I want that campaign button, okay? And Let's just see if it works. Well, I did have faith, but I also, it was kind of a game in a way. I sort of sent it up, but I, it was a serious game to me. It was important to me because even though the test was kind of childish and meaningless on the soul level, and even in the world, it, it really didn't have a huge amount of meaning. It had a lot of meaning for me that God loved me like a parent loves a child and was going to hear my prayers and maybe answer them. That was super important to me. Well, then I let it go. Well, after that, I'm running around the neighborhood, doing my errands, going to the post office, going to the library, going to the grocery store. So I came out of the grocery store and I found my car in the parking lot and I walked up to my car. I kid you not, people, and I don't know whether this was one day later, the next day, or three days, but I know it was three days or less because I remember being completely astounded. So I, I've only been in the grocery store 20, 30 minutes, something like that. So I come out of the grocery store, I'm coming up to my car, and there's a note on the windshield of my car, and there's a button on it. And I walked up, I'm getting huge chills even telling you this, because it's so true. I walked up, and on the windshield of my car was that button. And there was a little note that said, yes! Exclamation point and the button. That happened. Because I want you to understand, <laughs> prayer is real, God is real, and when you learn how to pray, your prayers will be answered 
just like my prayers are answered. And that's why I'm making this video for you today. And that's the gift from God. And it's yours, yours for the taking. But God cannot give it to you unless you ask. So now we're going to get into some of the practicalities of prayer. The most important practicality is it must be a longing of the soul in order to be answered. It cannot come from the mind. And that will take a little practice for a lot of people. And that's okay because you are developing a relationship and that relationship will grow as you nurture it. So you can use some tools if you choose to help pray. Chimes, bells, a candle, if you want. Uh, whatever practice you may have already developed to center yourself, to be calm, to be peaceful. Uh, you could do breath work, yoga, meditation. Yoga was designed to prepare the body to be able to meditate by working out all the kinks and the little aches and pains and things like that. So getting the chi, if you will, flowing through the body uh, unimpeded gives you a preparation to meditate and the meditative state is that calm, clear uh, state that is a good preparation for prayer. But we're not always there, so I'm going to give you some tricks for when we're in a really crazy state, right? Because a lot of times when we need prayer the most, we're not anywhere near that zen, right? So don't worry about that. I'm just, I'm going to throw out a lot of stuff here. So you, you could fold your hands. You could bow your head. You could lift your eyes. Open your hands. Okay. You can pray alone. You can pray with others. You can pray silently, completely silently, with just the longing of your soul. Or you could pray in your, uh, at the soul level, but still with putting your prayer into words, but without speaking them. Or you can speak them aloud. I will suggest, especially if you don't already have a prayer practice that you feel is effective, that you begin by praying alone. And the reason I say that is because, again, we're developing a relationship. So your goal is to get to that place where there's nobody but you and God. So you want to shut out all external stimuli. doesn't really matter whether it's day or night or light or dark, but I do think privacy and safety are ideal, especially when you're developing a brand new prayer relationship, because you're going to be fully vulnerable with God. And we're wandering around in this world acting like we know something, which we don't. I mean, we know some things, right? But compared to God, we literally know nothing. So we need to get to that place 
where we're admitting to ourselves and to God, who already knows, but I don't know anything. So you're going to be completely vulnerable and you want privacy for that and you want to feel safe and secure. So I do think that those are requirements, especially when you're getting started. As you develop your practice, you can find you can pray in the car, you can pray in the grocery store line, it doesn't really matter where, uh, you'll get there. But when you're really going deep into prayer, you want privacy. Once you've established a rapport with God, isn't that exciting? You're going to have a rapport with God, the creator of all that is. And it's going to be your special, personal rapport with God that nobody else has. That's going to happen for you. But anyway, once you get that rapport, then you can just start tossing off things left and right because you've got that relationship developed. And you already know what it feels like because you can tell, oh, we're, yeah, we're connected. Got a line, got a line. So I can just shoot something right out from my soul to God's soul right now. That can happen. <laughs> and it will when you get there. Anyway, and then once you've got that going, praying with others can be wonderful, can be wonderful. But as you're starting out, especially if prayer is difficult for you, if you pray with others, it might be helpful to observe them praying if they are an effective prayer, um, but you're probably going to be in your head. So I would say uh, you can try that, but uh, I suggest you try being alone. Now, how do you begin? Like we said, you can fold your hands or bow your head or whatever. Some people make a cross. They cross themselves. Now, uh, we were originally taught the people who cross themselves to, to pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But we've learned from the messages that that's not ideal. Uh, Jesus suggested instead that we pray in the name of divine truth and of divine love and of divine mercy. Now, a lot of times I used to like to start prayer in the name of all that is good and right and holy because that just felt so good to me. I wanted to pray in the name of all that was good and right and holy. But recently, I just reread one of these messages from the Apostle Paul, and he talked about everything about God being everything that is good and pure and lovely. That's how the Apostle Paul describes God now, now that he's in the celestial realm and no longer here on earth. He describes God as everything that is good and pure and lovely. So you might want to pray in the name of everything that is good and pure and lovely. Sometimes I like to pray, sweet creator, loving parent. You may have a special name for God, or you may call God Hashem, or you may choose to make up a pet name. Believe it or not, one of the things I've learned through my prayer experience and my prayer relationship with God is God loves little love secrets, not harmful secrets, but special little, this is just our secret secrets. God loves things like pet names and special languages and code words and things like that that are just yours. God gets the biggest kick out of that. So go for it. Make up a pet name for God. Um, as long as you're longing from your soul, that's the place that you want to be. Now, I'm going to share another uh, story, personal story, about prayer. Uh, 
sadly, I'm divorced, and it, I, it was necessary. Some divorces are necessary, but it was a hard, hard thing. And I needed to get a job and go back to work after being at home with my children for 13 years. And I live in an expensive area. And I was not going to get money from my divorce. So I needed to have an income that would sustain a lifestyle where my children were living and going to school because I could not leave my children. So I had a desperate need. And I had all kinds of people tell me, you can't do it. I said, watch me. But it didn't really mean watch me. <laughs> For those who were open to it, I shared with them, watch God. Because with God, all things are possible. So my prayer at that time was, God, you know what I can do. You know what needs to be done. Match us up. Match us up. The hardest thing I had to do was hold the space in faith for that to happen. And let me tell you, that's one of the most difficult things I have ever done in my life. I was separated from the father of my children, and we were married 20, basically 20 years, under the same roof. It was awful, but I was not going to leave my children, and I didn't have any money to move out. So let me tell you, that was tough. How long did it take? Nine months. Nine months during which every day I came to God in prayer, God, should I check the newspaper? If you want, what do you mean if I, is that, do I, will it help? No, why don't you go make lunch for the children? Okay, next day, God, how about Craigslist? Should I check Craigslist? If it'll make you feel better. No, it's not about what's gonna make me feel better. Is it going to help me get a job? Why don't you take the children to the pool? Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll take the children. Thank you. So I did that. Next day, God, how about now? Should I, you know, I can, can you update your resume? Yeah, yeah. So this went on for months. And eventually, in God's perfect timing, when it was ready, the job rolled around and dropped right in my lap. And God wanted to make absolutely certain that I knew it was the job for me. God has such a hilarious sense of humor. Wait till you hear this. God is really funny. I, there was one other thing to my prayer. I said, God, I'll do anything except. <laughs> uh, there was only one job I didn't want to do. Only one. Um, there's plenty of jobs in the world. There's only one. I don't, I'm, I don't want to do that job. Because I had convinced myself that it was a very high stress job and that's not good. <laughs> I don't believe in living on adrenaline and I didn't want a high stress job that was going to cause me to work a lot of extra hours and not allow me to be the mom that I wanted to be, especially while I was going through a divorce and so on and so forth. So I put a constraint I put a restriction, I put 
a box around God. Yeah, that's hilarious. You can imagine what the job was. Yeah, it was just that job. It was just that job. So when that job rolled around and dropped right in my lap, I laughed out loud because obviously it was mine. And I can tell you that that job was wonderful and that God wanted to show me that when he's in charge, there are no need for restrictions because it was not a high stress job. I did not require overtime and I was paid a living wage for the area in which I lived where my children were going to school. I had to wait for it and I had to wait in faith, but it came. And that's a beautiful, true story of answered prayer. Kinds of prayers that are answered. Prayers of thanksgiving. Thanking God for what already is. And even if what is is dark, thank God for it in faith, trusting, because when you do that, God will show you the light in the darkness. And trust me, there is always light in the darkness because God created the entire experience and all the laws that govern it that we are living here on earth. Now, obviously, the free will of men is messing it up, okay? But when we come to God, God will show you the light in the darkness. So prayers of thanksgiving are always answered. Prayers of supplication and repentance. This is when we look into our souls and we realize, oh, I made choices that were out of harmony with God's love. I am sorry I did that. I'm sorry I did that. I'm happy I understand now that I made a choice that was out of harmony with God's love, but I'm very sorry I did it, and I won't do it again. God, will you please help me? Help me grow through this experience? Help me cope with the consequences of my poor choice? And help me not repeat it? That prayer will be answered. If it's heartfelt, guaranteed. Prayers of longing are answered. Longing for comfort in loneliness. Longing for comfort in grief. Longing for more love when we just flat out need more love. Now that's a tough one because we can all feel very unloved here. And if we have a lot of burdens on us and we don't believe that we're lovable or we can't have enough faith to believe that God will love us, that last one can be a little bit of a hurdle. But if you keep at it and you ask God for faith, it will come a little at a time. Now remember, these are like drops of water, gentle not a big flood. God's very subtle in answered prayer, but it'll come. Prayers for protection are also answered if, an important caveat here, if this is a prayer for protection for yourself and 
You are making choices that are in harmony with God's will. Then your prayer for protection will be answered. At least at the soul level. Jesus, of course, was crucified. But Jesus didn't ask God to protect him from that and save him from that. He could have. He chose not to. Okay? But prayers for protection will be answered as long as your choices are in harmony with God's will. You cannot make uh, a choice to go out and get drunk or stoned or rob a bank and expect protection. That's not going to happen, right? Another kind of prayer that's answered is possibly my favorite, and that's the prayer for guidance. That's where we come to God and we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. But God, I don't really know your will. Would you please, please show me? And if you truly mean it at the soul level, God will be delighted to answer you. Now, mind you, the answers to prayer are very subtle, and I'm going to cover that in a different video, but it can be subtle. But that's another kind of prayer that will be answered. Your prayer will be different every time. When it's coming from the soul level, even if you're reciting a prayer that you've memorized, whether it was written by you or someone centuries ago, if it's coming from the soul, it's going to be different every time. And I mentioned a little bit earlier that we can't always get to a great, you know, open, clear mind and receptive place when we're praying. Come to God like a little child means you can come to God in a temper tantrum. You can come to God sobbing your eyes out. You can come to God broken. You can come to God scared. You can come to God hurt. You can come to God angry, frustrated. There is no emotion or feeling or thought or experience that you can have and bring to God of which God is not already perfectly aware. It's we who are often not aware, which is what makes it difficult for us to be authentic in our lives. But you will gain authenticity through prayer because as you allow yourself to be vulnerable in prayer to God, that transparency and vulnerability that you share in the privacy of your prayer life will be blessed by God and you will gradually be transformed at the soul level. And that's what I'm sharing with you in this whole video series is transformation of the soul through prayer to God. And prayer to God for his divine love to fill your soul. So if you have no other prayer, the very best prayer is just to place yourself in the presence of your creator and say, God, if you will, and God will, please share your divine love with me that I may know you and become at one with you 
and therefore bring the light of your truth and your love and your grace and your peace and your mercy and your compassion and your wisdom into this world. That prayer will be answered inch by inch, step by step, bit by bit. Your soul will be opened, God's love will pour in, and you will be transformed, and so will all of your experiences, and uh, the people in your life will be graced and blessed as a result. It's a beautiful gift that keeps on giving. So uh, when you're praying, different things can happen. I find I'm often prostrate, often, often prostrate in prayer. And that means I'm on my face on the floor. I am on my face. It's not something I necessarily choose to do, although now I do often choose to do that because I have so many experiences where I'm on my face on the floor. I'm just used to it at this point. But um, falling on your face before God in humility, in uh adoration in submission to God's will, this could happen. You might find yourself on your face. That's okay. You might cover your face as you pray. You may just say, you know, stay seated upright, but you might find that you cover your face. And that's okay too. You might find you sing. You might even find somewhere down the road that you make a unusual wordless sound could happen. You could clap. You could dance. You could stomp around. It depends on the kind of prayer and the power and the energy behind it and what you're trying to accomplish. So let the Holy Spirit guide your prayer and don't judge. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge your prayer. And be kind. And if you come to God and you're just all so frustrated because, honest to goodness, you don't have faith, your prayers aren't being answered, you don't know what I'm talking about, you can't seem to make it work, or you're scared, or help, help works, just do what you can. You can also always ask Jesus to help you, or uh, to help you pray, or ask God, God, help. Help me pray. I don't even know how to pray. I'm such a baby. I don't even know how to pray. And that's okay, too. Invite the angels. Angels, please come and pray with me. Pray for me. Guide me. Show me how to pray. That can happen, too. I just also want to um, let you know that it's very important when you think you're done praying to wait in silence. Just wait in silence. And since whether or not you are complete, because a lot of times God and the angels will have a little bit more for you. Some guidance, or maybe they just want to give you a blessing. At the end of the prayer, uh, maybe just a sincere, I love you, God, would be a good way to end the prayer. Some people end their prayers in Jesus' name, I pray. You certainly can do that, 
and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, what we've learned from the messages is that Jesus is our brother, and just believing in him and or believing on his name and or praying in his name is not required. What's required is soul to soul, you and God. So you can really end your prayer in any way that seems respectful and appropriate to you. The concept of prayers of intercession, which are praying for others, is a whole other topic. So maybe we'll cover that in a future video. Lastly, before I end, I do encourage you to read the two short uh, excerpts of the messages upon which this video was based at the end of this video. And if you want to see them in context, I'll send them to you. I'm so glad you're here. I trust that God will bless your prayers going forward. In the next video, we're going to learn how prayers are answered and what are the fruits of answered prayer. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.